Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. I'm Brad Constantine, and this discussion is going to be on 2 Nephi chapter 13, which also is Isaiah chapter 3. Now, last time we talked about Isaiah and some of the things we need to remember, that it's about the gathering of Israel, the scattering of Israel, the coming of Christ, and the second coming, and the millennium. So these are some things to keep in mind. Now, these, in, the, in chapter 13, the first eight verses is what's known as a chiasmus, and this is a literary form of writing where... Uh, the first section and the last section are similar. The middle sections are the sim are similar until you arrive in the middle of the of the phrase or the middle of the uh, chiasmus, which is usually the point that he's trying to make. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of this, but uh, just know that in the Book of Mormon there are several chiasmus chiasmi. I'm not sure what the plural of that is. Anyway, um, you can Google that. I'm sure. Uh, anyway, let's get into I, uh, 2 Nephi chapter 13. For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay, or the supply, and the staff, or the support, the whole staff of bread and the whole stay of water. Now this is called, this is physical and spiritual famine that's occurring. Pulling out, pulling all of the props out will cause it to fall. Verse 2, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the prudent and the ancient, the captain of fifty and the honorable man, and the counselor and the cunning artificer and the eloquent orator. Now Isaiah has listed eleven types of people as a way to represent all who achieve community honor status. All these will be removed from Jerusalem. Verse 4, and I will give children unto them to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. These terms may refer to the untrained or young who will become rulers because community authority has been taken away by the Lord. Verse 5, and the people shall be oppressed every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. So anarchy will occur. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, and the base against the honorable. No respect for authority and no common sense. When a man shall take hold of his brother, shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, and shall say, "Thou hast clothing; be thou our ruler, and let not this ruin come under thy hand." In that day shall he swear, saying, "I will not be an healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people, for Jerusalem is ruined and Judah is fallen, because their tongue and their doings." or their tongues and their doings, have been against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. The people who would be so desolate for leadership, or desperate for leadership, that they would reject rulers because they had the distinction of being able to dress decently, but even family leaders would refuse to help. Verse 9, the show of their countenance doth witness against them. And I, in other words, Isaiah is warned here that the, the disobedient cannot hide the effects of their transgression from others. And doth declare their sin to be even as Sodom, they cannot hide, they cannot hide it. Woe unto their souls, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Verses six through nine describe the conditions after the city's destruction in 587 BC. The prophet Jeremiah, an eyewitness to Judah's fall, recorded it vividly in Jeremiah 40 to 42. 
Verse 10, say unto the righteous that it is well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked. I wonder if that means that you're going to eat your food storage. Uh, verse 11, woe unto the wicked, for they shall perish, for the reward of their hands shall be upon them. And my people, children, are their oppressors, and women rule over them. Now this just means that the untrained or the young, uh, also the breakdown of traditional family where men are weak leaders is being is occurring here. President Benson said, and so today the undermining of the home and family is on the increase with the devil anxiously working to displace the father as the head of the home and create rebellion among the children. The Book of Mormon describes this condition when it states, and my people children are their oppressors and women rule over them. And then these words follow and consider these words seriously when you think of those political leaders who are promoting birth control and abortion. O my people, they who lead their, thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. Uh, continuing verse 12, O my people, they who lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. Leadership is without gospel values. Um, and then in verse 13, another courtroom scene is happening here where the Lord is both prosecutor and judge. Remember, Christ is both our advocate and our judge. The Lord standeth up to plead and standeth to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the ancients of his people and the princes thereof, for ye, are, ye have eaten up the vineyard. Those who should have been protectors of the people have oppressed the people. The spoil of the poor is, let's see, the spoil of the poor in your houses. What mean ye? Beat my, uh, let's see, what mean ye? Beat my people to pieces and grind the faces of the poor, saith the Lord God of hosts. Moreover, the Lord saith, because the daughters of Zion, now oftentimes when we hear this expression, daughters of Zion, we're thinking of women or girls, and it's really, um, it can also mean members of the church that are members that are part of the covenant, daughters of Zion. Uh, society is lost when women turn to evil. This does not refer to women only, but men too. It means for people to dress modestly. Um, so here's what he's saying here. Moreover, the Lord saith, because, of, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with stretched forth necks, and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go, and making a tinkling with their feet. Now, just a, a quote here from Brother or Alfred Edersheim, uh, a uh, 19th century or 20th century, early 20th century uh, Bible scholar. He says the anklets were generally so wrought, as in walking, to make a sound like little bells. Sometimes the two ankle rings were fastened together, which would oblige the fair wearer to walk with small mincing steps and so when he says about tinkling with their feet that's what he's talking about some jewelry that's on their feet verse 17 therefore the lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of zion and the lord will discover their secret parts this is an idiom expression which means that they would be put to shame verse 18 in that day the lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornament and calls calls is another word for hairnets and round tires like the moon. Originally, the word tire, spelled T-Y-R-E, meant an ornamentation, an ornamentation, dress or apparel. The word attire comes of the same origin and the modern reference to an automobile tire, etc. comes from the original sense that the tire was the attire or clothing or covering of the wheel. Verse 19, the chains, a type of earring, and the bracelets and the mufflers, and mufflers is also veils. The bonnets and the ornaments of the legs, this may refer to a stepping chain, 
which was worn by women fastened to the ankle band of each leg so that the wearer was forced to walk elegantly with short steps. Bells were often attached to this chain to make a sound. And the headbands, the term in Hebrew means a band or sash worn around the waist. And tablets, perfume boxes or an ornament of precious metals or jewelry of a flat form worn about the person. And the earrings, stands for amulets or superstitious ornaments, commonly gems and precious stones or plates of gold and silver on which magical formula was ins were inscribed. Verse 21, the rings or a signet ring and nose jewels the changeable suits of apparel, and the mantles, and the wimples, or shawls, and the crisping pins, or which is Hebrew for purse. Uh, the glasses, mirror, or transparent clothing. Glasses are probably the small metallic mirrors. The Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Bible, however, and a number of eminent commentators understand the word to mean transparent garments, referring to the garments of the gauze, or other materials so delicately made as to reveal the form of the wearer. And the fine linen, a wide garment made of linen worn on a naked body under the outer clothes and the hoods or turbans and the veils. 24. And it shall come to pass, instead of sweet smell, there shall be stink from all of the dead bodies killed in battle. And instead of a girdle, a rent. And instead of well-set hair, baldness. In other words, slaves had shaved heads. And instead of a stomacher or a nice robe, a girding of sackcloth, burning or, or a branding, a mark of the slave instead of beauty. Uh, they often branded the slaves with a brand on their head uh, so that they could be identified. Uh, Wilford, Wilford Woodruff said, um, I think I'll pass on that. He was talking about some things about our day, but I think I'll skip it. Verse 25, Thy men shall fall by the sword, and thy mighty in the war, and her, Jerusalem, gates shall lament and mourn, and she shall be desolate, and shall sit upon the ground. And again, slaves were those that sat upon the ground. So these are people that are being in subjection here because of the destructions of the wars and things like that that are occurring. Um, again, this is the last part of the chapter 13. This is another Isaiah chapter um, talking about some of the difficulties that will be faced in the last days. Um, and I hope that we can avoid those. I bear testimony of the truth of the gospel and especially of the Book of Mormon in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can share this and we'll see you next time.